welcome to episode seven of Book Off Banter. Keep all your stories and questions coming in to at Book Off Banter on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And feel free to email anything longer to bookoffbanter at gmail.com. This week, we're going to talk about Birdie's Cross Country, our horse buying stories, and the value of a good trainer. But first, we're going to have a quick catch up. So how did Burnham Market go? Oh, I can tell you now, I don't think I've ever been so worried about a round of show jumping in my actual life. So basically, we were back at Novice and we were going back to Burnham Market. And historically, this autumn event at Burnham Market tends to be a little bit softer. Um, it, it doesn't have big international classes normally. So it doesn't have big crowds. And, and so it does tend to be a little bit on the kinder side. However, with Summerford being cancelled earlier on, there were people that hadn't managed to get qualifications. So Burnham Market were given two international classes. So I entered this novice and inadvertently it was then rerunning over the same courses as a two star. So as you can imagine, my little frantic head went into overdrive and I was convinced that there was no way I was ever going to manage this in a million years. So I lay awake for about two nights before the show, just thinking about Burner Market show jumping because it's big there. They build quite big. It's in a natural amphitheatre. It's very atmospheric and it's the sort of thing that most eventers absolutely, you show jumpers, you live for it. You're like, yeah, give me this big, you know, atmospheric show jumping. This is, I want to go to Hicks. I don't want to do that. Us eventers, we don't want that. Okay. We just want to jump these colored poles. We don't want anyone to see us. You just want to we get want this out of the way. Yeah. We just get it uh, done. Get, uh, yeah. So Burner Market is like the worst thing for that. And so, yeah, I'd got myself into a bit of state and I was adamant I was just going to withdraw. Um, however, I didn't. And I went in. And we jumped our first ever clear at BE Novice. I was so shocked. I was adamant that we don't knock a fence. So when they announced it, the announcement, and that's a clear round for Martin's Rough Diamond. And, you know, I'm not a quiet person, am I, Katie? Yeah. So I shouted, I shouted back across the string, no, no, we had one down. No, we've knocked one down. We're not, we weren't clear. And she had to come back on and go, no, you were clear like that. It was... <laughs> It was a bit of a surreal moment. All the people looking going, is she trying to get fault added to her round? Um, anyway, I then went uh, cross country and he was giving me an absolute ride of my life. But I just, I had, my trainer had said on the Tuesday before she had questions about his fitness and I was, had a long canter up a hill and he just died on me. You know, there was just like, his, the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. Do you know what I mean? He was just really, really very leg weary. And we came to a double of corners and I just rode in a bit lax, a bit, you know, oh, he'll jump it. And he just needed to be a bit more up to the bridle. So we had a bit of a run out there, spun round, jumped again. Absolutely over the moon because it was a stiff course. You know, I was walking it going, oh my God, it was, they'd thrown in quite a lot of technicality that you don't normally get at that event. So yeah, absolutely over the moon with him. You know, I know it wasn't the double clear that everyone wants, but you know it was a double clear when you can get to ride my horse you know it's brilliant he was he was just amazing so, yeah, yeah it's not always about the result isn't it like I've always said no. I'd rather have like an incredible ride with four faults than scrape oh. around and get clear like yeah that's what it's about isn't it it's the ride he did also injure me so basically yeah, the first so. two <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm wearing my splint so basically between um one and two are fairly simple fences and then it's a fairly long canter to three and he was spooking like hell at number two 
And then after between two and three, he decided to try and buck me off because he was so excited. And in trying to stay it on, I bent my thumb right back. And I just thought at the time, oh, that, that hurts. And then by the time I'd finished, I actually couldn't use my right hand. Um, so, yeah, we were worried that I'd broken something. It's a little, it, I was getting a pain in a bone that was called the scaphoid. A little bit of technical ah, talk to you there. Mine. Uh, well done. I um, fell over a dog and fell into a rock pool. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Smooth. Uh, yeah, that is, yeah. This, so anyway, yeah, fortunately, I was able to get it x-rayed and there's no obvious fracture there yet. It doesn't mean I haven't fractured it, but it does look like I've just really knackered the ligament. So I've got this very impressive splint, which they put on. And my first thought was, I'm not going to be able to ride in this. So I went, went around to my husband and I was just like, look, love, you're going to have to do something with this splint because I'm not going to be able to ride in it. So he's tweaked it slightly. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be able, so I will be able to ride in it. So I actually messed my trainer with it. Oh, I've got a splint on, but don't worry, I can still ride. In it. The important so, thing is, I can ride. <laughs> I can ride in it. I can't wash up. Oh yeah, I mean stinking. you don't want to risk it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not risking taking it off. Can't wash up, love, but I can ride in it. So yeah, it was. So what it's about been a great weekend as well? You had that Charlie Hutton lesson. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, Charlie survive. Did you speak in an Australian accent to him? No. no <laughs> Were I you didn't. being sensible? I did try to be sensible, but I have a little bit of a problem with being sensible. So I was a little bit anxious because first of all, when I pulled in, my lorry is very old and, and rusty and whatever. And I pulled in and there was like row after row after row of like the poshest horse boxes oh, yeah, you've ever seen that. in your life. Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, I'll just park mine here. <laughs> and then um also as I was driving down you can see the arena and there was sort of this horse that looked a little bit like Velegro just sort of trotting around I was like oh shit I've got to go in now <laughs> anyway I, I smashed out the matchy matchy I smashed it out I, was like, you right, out I know I'm gonna do this and I went you're in you're gonna be and... buying boots that you can't walk in not trainer boots look the love for the trainer boots runs far deeper <laughs> i ain't I'm not giving up on those trainer boots just for a bit of matchy matchy you know I love them I'm not giving up on the chain of boots just yet. Anyway, so I went in and I was a little bit anxious. You know, I have a bit of anxiety about having instructors that I don't know. And he, but he is absolutely brilliant. I thought he was very approachable, very down to earth, fairly easy on the eye. I'm not <laughs> going helped. to lie to you. <laughs> you, you didn't know, lick him, did you? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I should have done that. And anyway, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's quite a good looking young man. Yeah. Not going to lie. Or probably, I'm probably old enough to be his mother, like. But anyway, and yeah, we got on, he got on okay. And he was very nice, although he took the piss out of Vince's mane. Because obviously I've just cut it like a show jumper and badly. Is so, that yeah, not the done he, thing for dressage horses? No, I think they do cut the manes. They just do them properly, not just a like, hack at them with scissors <laughs> like what I've done. <laughs> so, so he's like, it's all looking very nice apart from your horse's mane which is a bit of a state so i i had lots of things he gave me some great tips for example it's a, for me it's about keeping what i thought was an elastic contact basically was me sort of chucking the rein at vince and then suddenly grabbing it back and doing lots with my hands and then oh i've got to give the rein away again and he's like no 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 you, that's just confusing him what you need to do is just keep a constant thing there and the elasticities in my elbow which I do go tight in my elbow and he's like keeping a constant 
communication with with Vince through his mouth and do you know it was just it made just perfect sense yeah you know? and then it also he was talking about being supple and I obviously a lot of us when we do flat work whatever we're very fixated on where the horse's head is yeah but he started talking about this muscle on the underneath of the neck and he was saying well, we don't care where the head is what we want is this muscle and this lovely soft and he showed it to me being really soft and he said that's what you want and he said because that is supple and they're all words that you see on a dressage test isn't it you see like mm-hmm. this elastic contact you see suppleness and you sit and you're like oh well how do I really get that so actually he just sort of demonstrated to me lots of ways that I could get that so I came away absolutely buzzing the sort of buzz that I would get from you know a cross-country lesson or a show jumping lesson I had wow. that from just trotting in circles it was unreal unluckily it hasn't actually improved my dressage scores yet <laughs> Yeah, but but one think, lesson won't will it? One le- yeah, one lesson, and also I, I think it's something I've got to work on a bit more. Yeah. So I think it will come, and I think, you know, I've got a few weeks to my next event, my next event, first week in October, and I think that will be there will be improvements there. They're better at me. They're better at me. I've got faith. So yeah. So how have you been? Oh, please tell me about this half marathon you ran. Oh my god! Yeah. Do you know like? this last two weeks has just felt like about six years. I feel like so much has happened. So I did the Great North Run, which was incredible. Like everyone said to me, you're going to love it. And I was like, Mm. I am not going to love it. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to hate it. I absolutely loved it. I was literally like finished and was like, yes, sign me up again. Like I just loved it. Like the atmosphere was incredible people were just handing out like sweets and oranges and drinks and mm. cheering and like the sweetest thing. We were in Greg's um, getting a cup of coffee just before we went up to the start line. And this guy behind us in the queue was like, who are you running for? So we told him the name of the charity and he just gave us 20 pounds. It was gone by, <laughs> gone by yourself a gin with it. <laughs> I just, it like, did you buy like loads of sausage rolls <laughs> yeah. or you I filled my boots at Greg's. <laughs> um, but no, it was just, it was, I was in tears before I started running and Ben was like, oh Christ, what's happened to you? Oh, like no. all the stories, you know, like people had on their backs and yeah, it was a really emotional day. Like, honestly, I just loved, loved every minute. Um, and then I got the results of Pancake's scan, which wasn't like my best news ever, but wasn't the worst either. So Mm -hmm. he's done his extensor tendon, which I was really annoyed about because he did it while I was away. And then, so you just get that whole like, well, what happened when I wasn't here? And yeah, yeah. Like, so I literally couldn't even talk about it because I was so angry. Um, Mm. But ultimately he will return to jumping it definitely won't yeah. affect him if you yeah. do a tendon you want it to be the extensor tendon yeah um, he's got two months off and then obviously return to work so you know it's a bit rubbish because I'd put so much work into mm. him and we were kind of getting somewhere but yeah that's like, what they do isn't it that's what yeah. they do and it could have been like the vet said the same sort of injury if it if it had been like if he'd hurt this other thing instead of that, like we probably would have just been putting him down. So he was like, you know, mm. it's it's actually quite good news. 
yeah you forget we forget sometimes just how fragile they are mm-hmm. and I think sometimes you get that little wake-up call don't you you know I've been incredibly lucky I'm touching some more wood now <laughs> with Vince because um I in several years of eventing him I've other than the odd knock where we've had to withdraw and stuff we've never had a period off and then he threw this splint and I had the time off with him and you do go to the worst case scenario like oh god you know he's never gonna get sound again and you just then suddenly realize you know it could be so much worse that you know and there are people having to make those awful decisions now with regards to their horses and so when you get the news that yes it's bad news but it's not as bad as you it could have been you have to take that don't you you have to take that as a positive yeah and I'm really lucky like I have other horses to ride yeah um you know so I was very aware like when it happened I'm I'm in a really fortunate position but at the same time it doesn't kind of make it suck any less um but that's like now I've got a cope because he's not on box rest he's on like paddock rest but he's oh that's okay twat in the paddock so I have to watch him like leaping on the spot. And I'm like, for God's sake. Oh, no. They have no they have no idea, do they? No. They have no idea. Like I'd put Vince out because the vet was like, when we box rest him, he came out sound. And then he'd be like, I'll put him out in the field. And then he'd come in really, really late. So the vet was like, well, he needs to go out in the field. And I put him out in the field and I'd watch him. Like I wouldn't give him any bukes. I thought, you know, I, I want yeah. this to hurt. So you don't run around. Yeah. That didn't stop him. He'd be like, do like on his three <laughs> legs trot around I'm like will you just stop you're yeah. just ridiculous they have got no they're just ridiculous creatures sometimes aren't they you're yeah. just so stupid it must hurt I know like I literally am watching him just like wanting to like cry or like oh. tie an anchor to him and then oh. the other thing I did this week was I was my like my oldest friend I was her birth partner which was incredible like oh my word i know like the most amazing experience also i'm not gonna lie best contraception yeah not going there again oh no (laughs) oh my god but amazing to be able to watch that was absolutely insane but like wow yeah i'm (laughs) not really not not really wanting to go back there no I'll not be no. maybe revisiting that. So yeah, that has been. That's my... a bit. That's a bit. That's a bit of a a little one that you chucked in. Oh, by the way, I just watched a new life come into the world. There's yes. us whinging about. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. I've literally just come from their house now. Um, just going to have a little cuddle of him. He's called Oliver. Oh. Um, not making you broody then. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, not after watching that birth. No. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was oh, it well. was far too similar to my own, I think. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Went way off off track. Um Yeah. So, always do, don't they? It's never It's never what you what you sign up for. So yeah, that'll that'll keep me going for a while of um yeah, not being No, there we go. They are cute, but no thanks. <laughs> So we're going to move on to Burley, which I didn't yeah. watch. Um, I can't believe you didn't watch any of Burley. I was doing the Great North Run. It was on for three days. Well, I was very because stressed. Because it was inventing. <laughs> you weren't interested, were you? I, oh, they're, they're... I don't watch that much. I don't really even watch that much show jumping. Um, but I've heard so much about it. And yeah. so I've kind of looked into it and watched little bits. 
yeah so burley was it was a good i think this is my opinion oh god here we go oh carla you can't have an opinion on this you've never ridden at the level you've, done uh, you've, no, no, you've never ridden at the level you can't have an opinion oh yes i can <laughs> um so in my opinion burley was a great five-star test absolutely it really did sort out the wheat from the chaff it yeah. really really did and let's be quite honest i'm never going to ride at that level i'm nowhere near as skilled as any one of those riders that came out of that start box and every single one of those riders that came out of that start box i do have respect for but i do think there were some people that came out of that start box and they were underprepared yeah they weren't ready for the challenge they weren't expecting it to be as stiff as it was i think i don't know or whether they just wanted to get round for the kudos of saying i've got round burley and it made for some pretty unpleasant well not unpleasant but uncomfortable viewing yeah. in something you know and there were a lot of pins because obviously in eventing now we've got these safety devices there are a lot of those going and you know it, that opens up a lot of questions is our riders relying on this technology now and things like that but you know the ones that rode it well god today ride it well i yeah. mean they were just head and shoulders above the rest yeah you know and just obviously obviously the winner in the second place you know they were a master class as was as was ollie townen you know but there were a lot of others which just i mean imogen murray and um, we have to talk about her because i feel a little bit of a kindred spirit with this woman okay <laughs> because she was in 60th place after yeah. dressage i saw that Sixth, 60th place she finished sixth her cross-country round was phenomenal i mean that horse her horse i have a good one is superb but she just rode but she didn't look like she was trying hard on him you know they looked like they had this wonderful relationship that she only had to think and oh it was just sublime to watch you know like i said i can kind of feel her pain being 60th after dressage but then to go and produce that goods, you know, the double clear, which, you know, and that is what a good test of jumping in Burley should do. You know, yeah. that person that had the poor dressage can then come up to sixth place. That's what um, I ask you. Like, do you think that you quite like the cross country being hugely influential? Yeah. Yeah. To the Not just the cross country, show jumping as well. Because, yeah. you know, there were people Don't like that to were quite... a dressage tech. Just, no. Yeah. There were people that after cross country had pulled themselves up from you know slightly less dressage scores but then they took poles in the show jumping and they knocked themselves down again that's how it should be there should be i yeah. think unless you are good at all three phases there should be the shifting in the field yeah and that's what we got with that burley we got we got people moving all over the shop yeah um cross country wise ben hobday was superb yeah i watched um, his round that yeah, love that right. horse Oh, it's great, isn't it? And he yeah. looks like he loves riding it. Yeah. That's the thing. He looks like he's having such a blast on him. Yeah. They almost um, look like they've just gone out hunting or something for the day and they're just know, like it, cruising. Yeah, 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 they do look great. They do look great. Um, you know, and he was one that he came up quite a bit from the cross country after the cross country and then he dropped again after the show jump in, but he was still over the moon. I mean, you would be with that performance. Um, you know, and they were another two, they, those were two which really stuck out for me. You know, and there was some great horsemanship you know, we, you know, there was a lot that you can't fault with regards to the horsemanship. And there was a couple which, as always, it makes you just go, oof, yeah. you know. But 
I think it's uh, knowing yeah. when to like pull up, isn't it? And just go, do you know what? It's maybe a bit bigger than we thought, or maybe the horse doesn't just feel quite how we thought it would, or and that's enough. Like it's you like I wonder whether people just get in this like, oh, I want to complete burly. Yeah. Just, so that yeah. I can say I've completed burly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but what damage are you doing to the horse's confidence if it's literally scraping its way around rather than you finishing on a confident horse that's gained something yeah. from that? I think that um, there will be, I, I'm going to keep my eye out for two or three horses, but I would be very surprised if those horses that I'm keeping my eye out for, I won't mention their names now because I'm going to look like a right idiot if I'm wrong, <laughs> but I'd be very surprised if they're back at another five star. Yeah. Because I think, I think they did not have the experience that you want when you get up to that level or any level, yeah. anytime when you go up a level, you know, <clears throat> you want the horse to have a nice experience and, so yeah i think that it was a real test i think that you know i think there were certain jumps that made people uncomfortable because but because they were sorting horses sorting horses and riders out you know i think it's I think the question is do you dumb down the courses yeah so that everyone can do it or do you keep the courses where they are and tighten the qualification i don't think we need to tighten the qualification either it is really tough on horses and riders to get to five star. It's not a doddle to qualify for five star. Yeah. It really is tough to get there. So those people, every single one of them that came out of that start box, they had every right to be there. And like I said, kudos to them. I'm, you know, I'm in admira total admiration for them. I don't think we can do that. I don't think we should dumb it down, but I do think there has to be a little bit that sits on the shoulders of the riders Right. I think there was what I can't remember the I can't remember which rider it was now I think she, I want to say Georgie Spence she came out in the morning and rode her horse or started warming up and then realized that he didn't feel right and yeah. he wasn't ready for it so she withdrew that's what we need we yeah. need the ones that the pin goes and they go oh he scraped over that I need to hold my hands up do some work come back get better you know you don't what someone said to me they aren't going to do that so like I don't follow eventing but I I'm probably a little bit shocked at sort of some of the experience like well lack of experience and those horses can go to somewhere like Burley which is like the the toughest of tests mm. and you kind of like we've spoken about it like with fairly poor like runs leading up to it and you think wow like you haven't had a particularly good run last time out or the time out and now you're going to Burley on yeah. the back of that and that uh, makes like would make me a bit nervous just for the whole I think well yeah 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 and I, th I think the problem we've got with that is eventing is such a tough sport it hasn't got the money in it that show yeah. jumping's got it is I think eventing is that sport where how to make a small fortune from eventing is to start off with a large fortune. It really is. It is a really tough. And most of these people that are there are going to be reliant on making money from coaching and training and taking on young horses and getting rides. And if you can say you've completed yeah. Burley, the difference that you. makes yeah. to a hundred other eventers that are also trying to train people in your area I know what, where I'd look, you know. But then I suppose, I so that means it's harder for them to make a good decision for the horse, mm -hmm. you know, because their livelihood. Yeah. And like for some of them, I'm sure, you know, 
for their own personal kind of they want to achieve that and you never know when you're going to get another horse that can do that yeah you have a horse that you think remotely can it's quite hard to say uh do you know what let's just let's give it another year yeah as we have both realized this year (laughs) is will you get that another year exactly or will they throw a splint or they do something because so you kind of kind of get right i'm here i'm gonna do everything i can this one shot you know the old m&m song but it's uh i don't know i understand why they do it but it doesn't always make for a nice viewing they know what horse they're sat on i guess yeah maybe the maybe it feels different it was funny because there was one there was one fence I think it was, I want to call it the Jules Corner, Maltings Corners. I can't remember now what, what the fence was called, but it was big oxes to big wide corners. But you could tell pretty much from that first oxer that they jumped, whether or not they were going to be okay at the, at the corners. It really was that obvious. And what was shocking was there was an alternative. So if they did have an awkward jump over the parallel, they didn't have to keep trying to go direct, but there were quite a lot of people that still did. And right. that was what, that was one of the things that a lot of people were like, that's what I don't understand. Why yeah. they would have this awkward jump in and then still try and go direct. Yeah. Um, but I guess when your adrenaline's pumping, you're probably not thinking rationally. I don't know. I give them the benefit of the doubt. But do not dumb down Burley. Keep it like that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Burley is renowned for being a big course that needs attacking yeah I think that that needs to stay but I think that probably what people need to recognize is that Burley is like the best of the best so yeah if you're not 100% certain then maybe you're better off trying to run still at you know a really good level but until you feel like your horse is going to pull you into these huge big fences yeah still maybe Burley's not the right place yeah I absolutely agree I know that um last year year? I can't remember there was a somebody that they got as far as the third fence they had to retire they were never going to get further than the third fence and that was one of the situations that's exactly what you're talking about there and I think yeah I 100% agree with you um so did you want to mention about yeah oh sorry yeah so basically someone actually has messaged me about this so and then I went and checked it out but BE are working now with Equi Ratings and they are going to be providing statistics for every single rider's performance from BE80 all the way up to five star and this did make me chuckle so we've sat there and had this weekend of sport at Burley and thread upon thread upon thread and Facebook posts, et cetera, et cetera, of people with their opinion, just what I've done of given of Burley. And then B announced that they're going to provide these statistics and people have gone, oh, I don't like that. I don't want them showing my statistics. Of my... So it's okay for them to sit on a sofa and basically rip apart these other riders, yeah. but they don't want these statistics going out. But actually, I think it's great because at the end of the day, it's just facts. It's yeah. pure facts. And your I have... results are already completely visible, oh, aren't they? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, every fault is there. Every fault, every elimination, everything. It's all down in black and white, fully searchable by your name. So the results are there, but these are going to be giving you true statistics. So, for example, we don't need to really labour the point, but my dressage ones are going to be fucking shite, <laughs> aren't they? Let's be quite straight. There's going to be a well, severe... Well, Charlie Hutton. Oh, 
I mean, That's soon, like, move over it's Charlotte. All, it's it's all going to be happening then. But the old uh, but ratings currently. at the moment, <laughs> it's not going to look a pretty picture. Um, <laughs> and that, but for me, that's fine because it's not an opinion. It's not somebody saying, I think that you're really crap at dressage. It's someone saying, look, the facts are there, love. You are really crap at dressage. (laughs) So I don't have a problem with it at all. I think it's a really good thing. And I think it will, I think it will really help people. I think that was going to be this amazing tool that we can use to improve our performances. And, you know, and coming in for like a safety reason, is it like if you score under 60% 60% at cross-country completions then you aren't allowed like- we already have got a safety thing in place which okay. is if you score two eliminations at cross-country you have to drop down a level okay so you lose what's called your MER which is your minimum eligibility requirements you lose those if you get two eliminations not technical eliminations they're actually quite kind so if you fall off or get um, refusals that cause you to get eliminated on the cross-country cross-country only you have to drop down a level. So we've already got that, which is for safety reasons. Now, I think it's, I think it's good that they've brought it in. I think it's sad also that they've had to bring that in because you'd like to think that if, I know that if I had two eliminations on the trot for falling off or um, eliminations, the first thing I would do is go and have a good session with my trainer and then drop my horse back down to increase their confidence. So I think it's sad that they've obviously thought, oh, there aren't people out there doing it. Anyway, I would be interested to know whether you think something like that would be good in show jumping. Um, I, I probably don't, if I'm honest. Um, just because, I don't know if it, maybe because it's more obvious with show jumping. So like, I kind of know if I'm getting four faults regularly you know i i don't think having a percentage of four faults but what if you do not think that if somebody is going out and they are jumping say a fox hunter class and they get eliminated yeah okay they get eliminated in the fox hunter class then they go out to their next show and they try and jump a fox hunter class again and they get eliminated again is that not the point where perhaps British show jumping should step in and oh, say no, sorry. Right, you can't jump another fox hunter class until you've sorry I misunderstood you I oh, okay. thought you meant should we have the statistics oh I, well why wouldn't you want statistics though if I wanted them I could do them myself like I could work out as you know what I mean it would be there in front of me if I cared to look but as it is I don't I kind of know each horse what it's doing what's going wrong what my aims are what needs to be improved upon if they need to be dropped down seeing it in a percentage literally would not change one thing oh okay um, but that's not that's just for you though you might but there might be other riders that might find that interesting yeah maybe for me i just i don't know i just kind of think yeah i, I just think that's offensive that I think, do you know what I think it is? Us eventers, we love to overthink everything, don't we? Oh, I love we, we We love it. We love a bit of making things complicated. We yeah, can't I just do anything simple. That's, yeah, maybe it's that. I just, I love overthinking actually, but I kind of probably need no encouragement and I maybe see that as, oh my God, like, did you know that I had 62%? Oh, uh, okay. And I'd be on the phone with my trainer, like, oh my God. Whereas in actual fact, I don't need to know what happened six months ago. 
What I need to know is what happened last time, maybe what happened the time before. Then it's very relevant in my mind, like, oh, do you know what? Actually, we worked out that his saddle maybe was a bit tight. So that's why we had, you know, mm. like, I, I don't know. I don't know. See, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of seeing the patterns, you know, and I think if you have formulated a good uh, training plan or whatever, I think, I guess, for eventers as well, because we don't compete quite as regularly, usually if we've only got one horse. Yeah. I mean, as show jumpers, you can go out pretty solidly every week. Eventers up, we tend to have our runs a bit more spaced out. So for us, having it, the statistics of everything of our performance there, it helps us to maybe channel our training a bit more. If the statistics are clearly shouting at me that I have not scored a clear show jumping at all this season, then I know that that's where I need to do a bit more work or, you know, in my case, the dressage is going to be really bad. I don't know. So it's interesting. And I think that I would, I'm actually, I think it, I think it's a great concept and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I really am looking forward to seeing it. I think it's going to shock a lot of people. Yeah. I think a lot of people in eventing that thought they were coasting along and doing okay when they see their statistics in black and white, how it is going to be like, oh, yeah. And I, and I, think, that will be re- I think that will be really good. As long as it's used correctly, I think it will be a really good concept. And I think, I think show jumping could use it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, I wouldn't be super offended by the idea, but would I use it? Very unlikely. There we go. Well, maybe they don't want to waste that money on it then. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think British show jumping are concerned by me scrabbling around. Oh. Um, so we've got a bit of a, a different one uh, for this week. We got a couple of questions and they kind of coincided with topics that we were thinking about covering. So we've decided to just incorporate the questions into the topic that we were going to cover. So our first one was a question from Amanda Chance, who sent the question, what is the stupidest horsey thing you've ever done that actually turned out pretty well? And this immediately made me think of one of the horses I'd bought. Um, which then made me think I'd really wanted to do a topic on some of the crazy horse buying stories I had. So we decided to to do that. So the stupidest thing that actually turned out really well is one of the horses that we bought. Um, we went to look at him and we didn't have very much money. Um, I just lost one of my other horses and I, did just, I didn't really have anything to compete we went to look at it and oh my god I just was thinking it's lame in front it's lame oh my god like this we'd ca- this horse was within our grasp like there wasn't going to be anything really that was financially within our grasp and I was like oh my god he's lame in front so anyway I got in the car after looking at the horse and I kind of said to Ben oh god like what did you think and he said it's very lame behind and I was like <laughs> Oh my God. I said, I didn't even look at its back end. I was looking at its front end. It's lame in front. And he said, well, it's lame. I'd say both legs behind. So I said, oh, okay. Like what, you know, what we're going to do. And he said, it's probably not worth offering the full price, but look, maybe we should just take a punt. It's a good horse. Yeah. And I was kind of like, maybe it was bridle lame in front. And he was like, I think it's stiff behind. I think with different management. Yeah. It would maybe come so we were like, okay, then let's just buy it. So oh. 
then I had to ring my trainer and she said, what, what happened? And I said, she said, have you got videos? Cause she'll always say to me, take videos and send me them. And I, I literally, I didn't dare because I was like, if she sees this horse that's lame on yeah, 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 yeah. she'll be like, absolutely do not buy it. But I mean, it's, you know, it's one of the best horses we've ever bought, but stupidest, stupidest idea to my horse. Yeah. That is lame and three legs. Yeah. I hear you with that. I hear you with that. I mean, at the end of the day, Solo was, he was on a livery yard and I did not have the time. I did not have the money for another horse. And he was, he just got to the point on this yard. He, he was being owned by an old woman who basically didn't have a fucking clue what she was doing. Um, he had come out of racing, been given to her and she treated him like a big dog. And then every so often she gets somebody to come and train him. So the world and his wife and their carrot stick had had a bit of a bash. Oh my God. And this poor horse was just so thoroughly confused about life. Yeah. Um, and he just didn't know what to do anymore. So basically he'd got to the stage where he had, there was only one farrier left in the region willing to shoe him. Um, and there was a girl, she turned up, supposedly she was going to uh, reschool him for dressage walked up to the field, tried to catch him, supposedly ran back up the field pale, jumped in a car and drove away and was never seen again. And basically it got to the stage where a sign went up on this livery yard saying, if somebody doesn't take solo, I think she put on loan initially, I'm going to have him shot. Oh my God. I was like, oh God, I can't have this. So anyway, I went down and the rest is basically history. I mean, like I said, he was, these x-racers they don't do that well unless they're in hard work their little switch has gone in the head he thrives off hard work um he loves working he loves being in, involved in stuff and he cost me all of five pounds had to keep it a little bit on the down low from the husband for a while but you know he he came he came around to the idea because he's a bargain fair, you can't resist a bargain i don't know if he was really a bargain but <laughs> he's cost me quite a lot of vet fees since then but to be fair, when he worked and he wasn't broken, he was the most fun. I mean, he is still fun to ride. And actually, I don't know, this might, we might look back on this as being one of these rubbish ideas that turns out okay. Isaac came with me to my event at the weekend and there was a girl there and she was similar age to him competing in the BE100. And Isaac said, I want to do some eventing. So he's got it into his head that he's going novice next year and i don't know what yeah but he did say i need a decent horse and i said well why don't you just start with solo <laughs> and we'll see how you know we'll see what happens so anyway at the weekend he's going to be well he's not jumping solo but he's going to get on solo and supposedly i'm teaching him and then when he gets a bit better he's going to be going to my trainer for lessons on solo i haven't broken this to my trainer yet because she's not a fan of solo so yeah this might turn out into one of these things where they go that was one of those really bad ideas. But when he's at the Olympics... And he's got Solo to thank. When he goes around Burley, don't yeah. be clear, we'll be there going, oh, that seemed like a really rubbish idea. But look how this has turned out. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a couple of... I've got a few. I'm, I'm someone who actually genuinely, if you took me to buy a horse, I'm actually quite good and I'll say don't no. Don't sound I, it. You just bought a lame one. <laughs> and I'll say no. I don't think that's right. But when I'm buying the horses, I'm an absolute liability, and I will just buy the most 
random ridiculous horses yeah uh, so i bought um a horse that we went to look at and it was when belinda had gone lame and i really desperately needed a horse and again we didn't have any money so i went to see this horse and we got there and the woman was really really just strange and very kind of i can't even really describe it but she was like I'll have to watch you just have a little walk and trot on the horse and I'll have to decide whether or not I can let you jump it. So I was kind of like, okay. All right, steady on now. So I had a little walk and trot and she was like, okay, you can jump it. And she put the jumps up to like 30 centimetres. <laughs> I was buying it to show jump and I was kind of like, okay, can you put them up? And she was like, mm, right, okay. And she put them up to about 50 and so I was like, okay, it jumped them. I said, okay, can you put them up anymore? No. And I was like, right, well, why? And she was like, no, she just, she gets very upset with people trying her out. Like, but the horse did have a good record. Um, it had a really good record. And she was like, she just doesn't like new people. And it was yeah. really, really cheap. So I just kind of thought, ah, fuck it. Like, <laughs> let's just give it a go. So you bought that one too? Bought that one, broke my arm, so you, got screwed, oh, played. So jumped 50 centimetres on it and broke, <laughs> and then bought it. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Shittest idea ever. <sighs> I also bought um, Minnie. So we went to try rat and I was really frightened of her. Like, really, really scared. I'll tell you something. <laughs> These people, when you go and buy the... They, have they got big windows? Because they do not see you coming, don't they? They're like... They probably advertise really good horses. They see it's you for them. Get that shit one out. Get that lame one out. No one buys anything. Seriously. Like, what? Like, I, I can't actually even believe I'm sharing these stories with other people. Oh, my God. Are you I, sure that, like, you've actually bought horses at one point? Are you sure like, you bought a cow by accident? Because probably. I'm, not being, I'm not being funny. You are a buyer's... You are a seller's dream, aren't oh, you? Oh, like, 100%. 100%. Like, I literally go for the most ridiculous horses. So, yes, yeah, so I rode Minnie and I was really scared. And actually, this was one of the times where I was quite sensible. Um, rode it, I was terrified. I didn't even want to really jump it. I popped her over, I think, a little jump. And I was like, yeah, I don't. I'm, it's not for me. And I got in the car and I said to Ben, no, that is too much horse for me. But I mean, yeah. the most incredibly talented horse I have ever sat on in my life. And I was like, it's just too much horse for me. And Ben said, do you want a show jump? And I said, mm-hmm. And he said, then man up and learn to ride it. Yeah, yeah. If you want, if you want to play with the big girls, then put on yeah. your big girl pants and get a horse like that that can take you where you want to go. Yeah. So I said, okay then. And he said, there's two sort of girls like locally who have competed to the very top level. And he said, if you want to be like you know, then they would get on a horse like that. They would ride a horse like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Bought the horse, took the horse to their father to train it. And he said, what have you got a big horse like that for? <laughs> Never <laughs> my guess on that. Oh, no, brilliant. Brilliant. Bloody you and making me ride this oh, horse. No. I used to cry all the time. I went back on the lunge at one point. I was so frightened of her. Oh, that's not fun, is it? No. So yeah, I'm the shittest person at buying a horse. You want to sell a cross? See, the thing with me is, I know, I'll tell you something. Do you want to buy, I've got a lovely base thoroughbred out in the field. <laughs> He's lovely. I mean, 
he's a bit of a knob, but he's you like you'd like that. Honestly, I, he'd show jump sort of. <laughs> so um, yeah, I I've I always laugh when I see these people that say, you know, they're still looking for such and such horse. God, how are they still looking for? I can't stop buying yeah. horses. I literally they land in my lap every two minutes. Yeah. So I'm just like these people. They obviously have got much higher standards than me. Definitely, but, you know. And I'm just like, how do they not buy these horses? I mean, like Vince. Basically, on paper, I should not have ever got. I was already sort of maxed out with time and with the horses, and you know he'd failed a vetting, and he was a bit like you. He was too good a horse for me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But. I mean uh, that history speaks there you just that's definitely one that I'm so glad I made the I made the jump for you know what I mean he was been such a good horse so but yeah I don't I haven't really really got a lot of stories no well no (laughs) sorry (laughs) but if you want to buy a horse come to me first I'm sure (laughs) we'll be able to sell you a horse it might look a bit like a camel but it'll be a horse Thanks. or a yak in mind. <laughs> I think I'm it'll be lame, lame on all four legs, <laughs> but don't worry. It'll jump it's 30 centimeters, 50 centimeters. I'm literally never going to put this down. I may have to edit this no. out. Okay. I'm going to move us on. That's a no, my shame. So our next question came from Carol Stewart. And she sent a question about celebrity trainers. Um, Are they worth the money or not? What have been your experiences? And would you choose to do a lesson or clinic with one? And this tied in with a topic that I really wanted to cover. I wanted to write a blog about it, like in the winter when I'd gone to Morris and I'd seen some trainers and I just felt like, wow, I probably, I I really, really appreciate my trainer, but I probably hadn't realised how much I needed to appreciate until I saw yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, let's tie that in and let's do a topic on trainers. Yeah. So celebrity trainers for me, um, I wouldn't use a celebrity trainer as in, you know, for like the one-off. Yeah, yeah. Like things, because I have found that it doesn't work for me because. I am like, it drives Ben mad. So if you tell me to say, use a bit more leg, I'm probably going to start riding like Frankie Dottori. Yeah. Um, And so what I find is everyone obviously has a slightly different way of doing it. And I will take whatever instruction you give me to a ridiculous level. Yeah. So if I get too many, well, if I get any difference of opinion, it literally blows my brain. Yeah. So I kind of can't do that. I have to just have a trainer and that's it. I'm pretty much the same. Apart from my reasons are a little bit different in that I have very little confidence um, when it comes to a trainer. In fact, I get very anxious about going to a trainer that I don't know. So basically my, my trainer, you could maybe call her a, a celebrity trainer. You know, she's, she's won Olympic medals and won what what was four star there is now five star i've trained with her since 2012 and she knows me i know her and so it works really nicely my experiences of going to these one-off clinics i've never had one good 
experience from one of these one-off clinics with a celebrity trainer. I went to one with a very, very famous trainer and basically she just didn't seem to like my horse. Loved one of the other horses that was in the group and basically it was this other person having a private lesson with the rest of us just watching and jumping the old jump. It really, really was like that. And I was kind of like, I've, and it was an ex- very expensive clinic and I came away very dissatisfied with it. Um, I think as well, how do they in such a short time assess a rider and a horse and work out how to get the best for them? Yeah. I can't see how that works either. Cause surely one of the things that works best with your regular trainer is they know how you've gone before they know how to improve it they know how the horse is so i don't get it i don't get these one-off clinics setting everyone up to fail yeah i don't i don't get these one-off clinics at all yeah like i had a lesson with jeff billington yeah i i loved it because i mean he's so funny and he actually yeah, he is. my horse at the time. And, oh, my God, I couldn't get this horse to flex to the right. He got on it, and the horse was, like, it, nearly touching its tail to the right. And I was like, you know, that just makes me feel like a bit of a knob. Um, yeah. But he kept saying to me, I want your ponytail touching the horse's tail. I want you sitting back so much. But the person I was getting lessons with at the time wanted me in a slightly forward seat. And I... No, yeah. I was, like, whether I was coming, going, or being. Like, I, how, as a rider, are you supposed to know what you to do like no it's just and that kind of really and that's the thing is if if you go to a if you go to sort of a celebrity one-off clinic you're going to get these not going to get these massive things which are very very different from what you've normally been taught and i also think just because you're a celebrity rider and you're an incredible rider that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good trainer no no that is definitely that's been proven time and time again isn't it yeah. not often the case so yeah I'm not a fan of them I don't think they can be a big benefit as you would like unless you've got a chance to follow it up or you know that they train in a pretty similar way to your trainer yeah I think what's more important is to find a trainer who understands you understands your horses takes the time to not just kind of give you a quick basic lesson but who actually wants to you know look at well maybe that saddle's not quite right for your horse yeah yeah like that sort of thing to me is invaluable and someone who actually cares yeah I was just going to say that actually there's something about your regular trainer they invest in you yeah and I think that's you won't get that from a one-off clinic you won't get that them investing in you and following it through I just don't think that'll happen so when you when you found your trainer what they want is they want to see you do well yeah not because of it covers them in any glory but because they just love seeing you do well and that's really how the relationship forms really between a trainer like and a and... said that our trainers almost become like therapists don't they like yeah they're really committed to how you do and that's what I noticed so I went up to Morris um in the winter and I've always really appreciated my trainer like I know how lucky I am to have her she's incredible but when I listened to some of the trainers because I was in the middle of the warm-up putting fences up for her and I was listening to some of these trainers and just thinking oh my god like 
this one woman in particular, there was a, a man riding around and it was a little bit hairy to watch him, I'm not going to lie. And she was like, with, like muttering to this woman standing next to her, like, oh my God, he's just useless. Like, he can't see a bloody <laughs> That's horrible, isn't it? Like, Jesus, like, oh, he's just... And then she would kind of shout to him, like, that's it, bit more leg. And yeah. I was just like, you could not care anyway. Care less, yeah. yeah. You're just taking his money and you're not helping him. And no. that's really sad because someone's actually spending the money and trying their best to get better. Yeah. But how can they get better if the person that's supposed to be helping them just isn't interested? No, I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah. So that gave me like a real kind of reminder of, I am so, so lucky to have someone that answers my phone calls all the time, you know, and really is committed to me and the horses. Yeah, I agree. So shall we move on to questions? Yeah, let's do that. So our first question came with a message which I just absolutely loved. This is from T Handley 2019 on Instagram. And he said, your podcast was recommended and I thought I'd give it a go. I'm not involved in horses or the horsey world whatsoever, but I am in other elements of the countryside. I absolutely love the podcast, but my wife is now asking why I've suddenly started talking about horses. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily for her, we don't have the time or money for me to get involved in the horsey scene, which just made me laugh because I've just got visions of this woman who just whose husband has just started to talk randomly about horses should we think talk about num nums and stuff oh yes that looks ever so like a num num like, <laughs> what the hell's going on here why have you suddenly secretly got oh, this like crazy. obsession i love that and so one of his questions was i would be interested in to know a little bit more about what each of your disciplines show jumping and eventing entail and why each of you have gone down that route right for me I actually, when I was younger, wanted to be a show jumper. Show jumping when I was a teenager was the, that was, I mean, it used to be on the TV in the evenings. That's a long time ago. Like the Horse of the Year show and stuff used to be on like ordinary TV and everyone watched it. And show jumpers were household names and I wanted to show jump. I was adamant. However, I couldn't really afford any horses or ponies of my own. So I used to ride for other people and a pony I got was she was a part Arab called Laura, which is the weirdest name for a horse, Laura. Anyway, she was lovely and she had a hell of a jump on her. She was a cracking jump up, but she was as nappy as hell and she would only do everything once. So she would go in and she would jump a beautiful clear and then you'd go back in for the jump and she wouldn't go back in. She would literally stand rearing, refusing to go back in, spinning, ditching me. And it just got to the point, it, she was just such a bit of a heartbreaker. And one day, I jumped a clear, tried to get back in and um, stood there desperately. She's rearing up on me and spinning. And this woman just ran up to me. She said, have you thought about inventing this horse? Because then she'd only have to do everything once. And I thought, what a great idea. So I literally, the next weekend, I looked up where I could go eventing, had one go at it on this pony. And that was it. Job done. I was, I changed discipline, wasn't interested in show jumping other than show jumping phase for eventing. And I absolutely love my sport of eventing and I don't regret the change at all. So So this is the funniest thing. Mine is the reverse. So I wanted to event. Shut up. I'm not kidding. Um, And sense of theme, but we didn't have a lot of money to buy a horse. Yeah. And we came upon this seriously, seriously vicious grey horse. 
that to buy the man actually made me sign a disclaimer. Oh my God. Yeah, he was so nasty. Actually, it's another disastrous horse buying story. Um, so nasty. And he show jumped. He was a good show jumper. And I just, uh, okay. okay, it does an event. I'll just show jump for a bit. And then maybe one day I'll get back into eventing. And I never did. And I think <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. Show jumping now, like I'm, I'm probably have recognized more that I'm a total control freak. And I think it, yeah. more, it fits more with my personality. Like I think I maybe would feel a bit too spread out if I had to do three phases well. Yeah. That would maybe fry my brain. I like. Yeah, to be fair, you don't have to do three phases well. I mean, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you don't have to. You can still have a very good day out and not do three phases very well at all. So don't don't spread yourself too thin. I mean, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes when I watch eventing though, I get that like, Oh, I miss that. Yeah. I re- I really, really do. And if I was really rich, I would have a horse that I could do the odd yeah. winter trials, but the cost as well probably factors in. Yeah. Like, bloody expensive. Your sport it is, it, it is, it is horrifically, horrifically expensive. And I do sometimes I go for a day show jumping and, you know, I spend, quarter of the money that I'd spent to go to an event and it's all very civilized and it's all very nice and but I kind of think if I was doing that every weekend and I'm no disrespect to show jumpers but I'd be bored to tears because yeah, there's only so many there's only so many courses you can jump before they all get a bit samey into it you know so yeah so there you go we, we've done a swap of disciplines yeah <laughs> so our next question comes from Nat's life and she said how does Carla manage in the winter without a school? I'm looking for tips. Oh, not to be honest with you, Nat, it's not great. <laughs> I do, I do really struggle. Um, not just because I don't have a school, but I am on clay and it's bottomless clay. It's really, really deep. So all of my horses have a bit of time off over winter. I'm just. I remember one year where I was adamant that I was going to get them all fit from like the 1st of January and they were all going to get fit. And I was trying to get myself fit as well. And by the time I got to March, beginning of the season, I was just knackered. And that whole season, I was like literally dragging myself through the season. I was exhausted. So now, do you know what I do? I'm just a bit kinder to myself. And I just say, do you know what? I might not be able to ride my horses six days a week. They might have to have their shoes off on a holiday. And that's just what I do. Then I do a lot of hacking. I'm very lucky at the back of mine that I've got access to um, a disused airfield that I can use to ride on. Um, And I've got like a couple of sort of a 20 minute, a 30 minute and a 40 minute hack I can do on there. And I box up and I go and I use arenas. I train with my trainer and I use competitions of schooling rounds. And that's all you can do, really. Um, I can't afford to put an arena in. Is it going to happen anytime soon? So that's just what you do. You just knuckle down and get on with it don't you as it is yeah so how many times would you aim to ride like would you maybe say hack three or four times and then maybe box out yeah so obviously it depends on when I'm working as well um but that is pretty much what I do I hack two or three times a week and I'd box up to one lesson at least my I'm very lucky that my trainer lives very close by she's got some beautiful gallops that I can go and use to do fitting work when I need to and I might try and get a competition in as well which I would use but I I don't compete hard it would just be a small competition that I would use as a schooling round yeah if you can get out in the week to something it does make life a lot easier 
yeah. and that's if I can box up and get to a lesson once a week then that's sort of the weekends then I can use for longer hacks or go to a competition lesson in the week and then the hacks that I have to do in the week don't feel quite so bad I mean at the end of the day sometimes when I'm working I have to do those with a headlight strapped to my head wow so yeah I ride in the dark with a head torch on and they they horses soon get used to it I mean there's no traffic on this airfield which does help but yeah I'll, I'll ride in the pitch black if I have to yeah. so yeah and then like the rain will be slamming in my face and I'm like I'm gonna sell every single one of these horses and I'm gonna take up a proper sport that doesn't involve this sort of stupidity so yeah it's tricky but it's manageable but you've got to be realistic so um hope that helps we're now going to move on to wanker of the week i will start i i was trying not to injure myself well actually i was kind of torn between trying not to injure myself before the great north run and thinking it would be a bloody good idea to injure myself so i couldn't do it yeah (laughs) (laughs) so anyway i decided i would jump bell a few days i think it was like two days before so i was jumping it and you know, and you just can't get the stride you want. I think, to be fair, that where yeah. I built the fence, it was on half stride. But I have this relationship yeah. with Belinda where she's too backwards, really, for me. Just slightly more backwards than I like to ride. Basically, my trainer said I only like to ride lunatics. So she was kind of lolloping in. I couldn't get the stride. And I was like, oh, Belinda, like, come on. We need to be more committed. So I came at this fence, I think, like a bloody eventer, to be fair. And I was committed. Like, 100% I was committed. But I think what happened was I took a full stride out. So I was still on a half stride, but this time going really quick. And I was helpful. Stood off it. And I just thought like, you know, when you get that shit, we are yeah. here. So I just like went, come on, Belle. And if I was on Manny or something or Pancake, they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm up for a fake and fly. Belle's not so much like that. So I said, come on, like we can do this. And I kicked her to take off. She just went, yeah, on your own. And like, slammed oh no I shot over her head and I was like it's okay it's okay I haven't hurt myself too much I'll still be able to do the run I'll still be able to have fine oh my god the next day I could barely walk oh my god so So that was my proper wanker moment but I've kind of oh my god that bike do you know what my solution was I need to make her more of a lunatic I need to make her more like the other horse so I'm just filling it full of competition mix that'll work that's let's see what happens when you fall off what could could possibly go wrong what could possibly go wrong there (laughs) i'm kind of looking forward to next week's wanker of the week because we will find (laughs) out i think what could possibly go wrong you just determined you're going to win this all the time now by filling your horse full of competition mix you just constantly fall off i like it i like i like your thinking it's all about the frilly i guess exactly so i've got to get them somewhere (laughs) so my one is on Thursday when I went for my lesson with Charlie. I got loaded Vince up, got in my lorry, turned my key, and I'd left my radio on for three days. My battery was completely flat. There wasn't even anything there. When I was like, oh, you are absolutely kidding me. Anyway, because I'm a bit of a liability like that, we have um, a battery pack, so it wasn't the end of the world. We just jumped off this battery pack, like, right, this is good. We'll get going. You know when you set off, and I was like driving. I was like driving there, and I was thinking, I'm sure I've forgotten something. I thought, well, I know I've got the hall. Like not like this poor girl that got to the place and last the last wanker of the week when she got there and they didn't have the pony in the trailer. So I looked behind. Yep, Vince is there. That's okay. I've got the horse, but I'm sure I've forgotten something. And then I nearly got there, and I suddenly just look back over my shoulder, and I can see my saddle rack. 
and I'd forgotten my saddle. Oh, I shit. Not just my saddle. I'd forgotten my bridle too and my hat and my boots. And you match I had forgotten. Probably put that on. I can't remember actually. Yeah, I think I had put that on. I'm probably so obsessed with putting that on. Yeah. I forgot everything else. I'd forgotten saddle, bridle, boots and hats. It's not even like I could borrow and start. No. I, I'd forgotten the whole... I was nearly there. I had to turn all the way around, go back. Vince is in the back of the lorry going, what the fuck is going on here? We're just driving backwards and forwards down this road. So, yeah, went to a very important lesson and forgot all of my tack, every last bit. Well, yeah, that's, that's pretty wankerish. <laughs> pretty wankerish. So our one that it hasn't been sent in this one, I have nominated my friend. Because I'm a good friend. Yeah. So this is my friend who I was the birth partner for. Oh. Uh, she'll never ask me again. Was having you as a birth partner? Is that what makes? <laughs> I think you as a birth partner. Is that what makes you a wanker? <laughs> exactly. So we were. Um, it was quite early on, and I said to her, "Like, how are you feeling?" And she said, "I'm really sore." And I was like, "Listen, this is nothing. Like, you know, hey. You hey. know it's going to be a long day." And she yeah. said, "I'm really, really sore." And I was like where and she said like down below and I was like I don't know if I remember but you know you can't remember everything so yeah, I was yeah, kind yeah. of like okay and then a bit like later she said honestly like I can't bear the pain it's burning and I was like where and she was like well like down below but not like where the baby's gonna come out of like further <laughs> back and I'm like that's really strange she said I went to the toilet and I used one of those wipes you know, like, oh my god, that you use to clean yourself. And I said, What do you mean? Like, did you bring wipes? And she was like, No, 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 they were in the toilet. And I was like, What, oh like, oh my god, a Dettol wipe? <laughs> and she was like, No, 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 no they weren't Dettol wipes, they were wipes to, to wipe yourself. And I said, I don't think they do those. And she was like, They definitely were. And I was like, I think you've sifted your ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and she's like still was adamant no she hadn't and I was like well look all I'm gonna say to you is I think you best go to the toilet and have a look she came back she said you're right I think it's, <gasps> <laughs> I think it's floor cleaner or something oh my she was god like, what the hell am I gonna do and I said well let's get the wet wipes out from the baby's changing thing and let's get the nipple cream out and let's let's just try and soothe it like <laughs> so I'm raiding the baby's like changing bag and trying to give her all these things she was like oh my god because I'm so embarrassed um obviously she said it's fine to say this because she's like at this point nothing is sacred anymore well yeah no anymore now she's a baby it's, it's standard isn't it you just exactly so but the midwife's reply was one of my favorite things so she said oh, so I've um I've used the wipes in the toilet because I thought that they were like, you know, for down there. Like, I thought they were special wipes. And the midwife just creased laughing and said, on the NHS. <laughs> <laughs> that would never you know, happen. Do you know what, though? I know what wipes they are. I, they're probably like a different brand, but I know like the types because we have them at work. I'm telling you what, she's hardcore. Oh, she like, was honestly, she was, she felt the burn. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Not surprised. I Jeez. did hear it because I said, anyone who has to go down there, though, you're going to be clean as a whistle. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I hope that the midwife was very appreciative of how <laughs> extra clean she was. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, she's basically bleached her own <laughs> bleached herself. It's like people pay good money to have their, you know, you can have your anus bleached. She yeah. pretty much did that on the NHS. <laughs> I mean, not ideal, but that must be. I can't. We. She's just won it, hasn't she? There. One hundred percent. Like my favourite line ever has been you saying to her, "You sift your own arsehole." <laughs> um, not really a sort of thing I thought we were going to be saying today, but there you go. We've covered it all, really. <laughs> sifting arseholes. <laughs> As always, as always. So she's got a baby and a frilly. What more could she want? Amazing. She's a bit of a ledge, really, for that, isn't she? <laughs> she is, because she didn't cry. Like were... I mean, she was close, but she, she kept it together. I feel like crying for her, to be honest, because I know what those wipes are like. They're bloody brutal. <laughs> They're absolutely brutal. Goodness me, you're not that near your fairies. Bit like electric fence, in it? Oh. <laughs> anyway, I hope she's all right. Well, she's recovered from that bit, I think. <laughs> I think by the end that was the least of her worries. Yeah, to be fair, I, I should imagine it pretty much quickly didn't bother her much longer, did it? Oh That's dear. Probably all I think that we need to say. I, think I, I, I feel a bit traumatised, if I'm honest, by this, <laughs> that last story. So I think on that note, we're probably done for this episode. I think we maybe should leave it there. Yeah, I think so. Oh, but before we go, some big news. Got a guest next episode the lovely and very funny skint dressage daddy will be joining us to give his take on the horse world and we will be defending us horse people dressage on the show gotta do it haven't we <laughs> gotta do it <laughs> get the matchy matchy out yeah should we get, should we dress in matchy matchy we should wear matchy matchy for it he'd love that i'm pretty sure yeah let's, let's definitely do it. do it and and maybe a demonte headband i have actually got one perfect there we go. <laughs> All right. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.